Hello everybody, welcome to the Dummy Room. This is Marie Nicotine from the Windowsill. Enjoy the show. Cheers! Hey everybody, you're in the dummy room. I'm Jody Havnot, joined by Mr. Nate Demo. What's up, Nate? Not much, man. How how was how you doing? How was your birthday? It was awesome, man. Thanks for. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Um, oh, is God, it? Is dude. it gone? Uh, no, I still have it. Uh, it was funny though because uh, I got the package on. I guess on Sunday. I guess it came on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I was busy. I don't even check the mail. She does the mail. So on Sunday, she's like, "Oh, you got a package from Nate." I'm like, "Oh, really? Okay. The hell could this be?" You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, me and my kid we were just sitting here, we're fucking. <laughs> Sorry. Open that box, <laughs> and I'm like, "What is this?" And I pull it out, and it was the the classic fucking gummy dildo that we've talked about <laughs> forever. And she's like, "That's interesting." I said, yeah, you don't listen to the show, do you? Because <laughs> if you did, you'd get this right now. And she's like, no, I don't. Sorry, Dad. I'm like, it's okay. You probably shouldn't listen to the show. Anyway, you don't want to hear uh, the real me. You don't need to know the real me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I pull out this big fucking gummy rainbow fucking dildo right out in front of my fucking daughter. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's what happens with the dildos, right? That's what happened yeah. to you. <laughs> happened to me now. I was gonna give you a heads up, but um, I was gonna wait till actually tonight because I, <laughs> I I mailed that fucker on Friday. It came quick as hell, dude. And I didn't realize it was gonna get there the next day, so I thought I had a couple of days to give you a warning. It's but so <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Noel came over and uh, to record on Monday, and uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, I got you something, you know, just to fuck with him. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, check it out. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck, dude? It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, the gift that keeps giving, man. I love it. Yep. Yeah. So thanks, man. And also a lot of cool CDs, of course. Thank you again. Yeah, it was just stuff that was in the basement from the distro mostly. So right. Some yeah, I didn't. Though. I don't. I'm not even sure what I sent you, but. I was just like, I just kept finding shit, you know. <laughs> Some so. good shit, man. Old Wives, uh, Murderberg, all kinds of cool CDs that yeah. I don't, I didn't have any of those on like physical hard copies. So that's pretty groovy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, nothing's going on here. Um, uh, dealing with, uh, I haven't had to deal with the rain, but fuck, dude, it's been relentless here. Like. Oh yeah, you're still you in know? the flood zone, huh? Well, my house, I'm good. Like my neighborhood's good, but like the. The shit south, south of us, just south, was pretty fucked up. Like towns are closed, that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, so, but not not me. I'm we're all good. So, you know, well, that's good to hear, man. You know. Yeah. So, um, I, we were kind of talking about this, but we got a letter or an email, an actual email. Most people don't email us, so if you're out there, you can email us uh, the dummy room at yahoo.com. But um, Haley from Haley and the Crushers um, sent us a nice email. She's a new listener, 
Right on. What's up, Haley? And um, so, yeah, I I checked out. Well, her band is called Haley and the Crushers, obviously, and uh, they're they're gonna, they're on uh, Eccentric Pop now, which is a fucking awesome label. Yeah, you know, totally. Travis is a he's good shit. He, uh, you know, I think we we almost re- co-released something back years ago. But um, his label's awesome, and I kind of follow it a little bit. So they were kind of on the radar a little bit, and I checked them out, man, and they're pretty fucking good. She, uh, I'm assuming she writes all the songs. I guess I'm not even sure, but um, she definitely went to uh, you know, the Go-Go's high school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, definitely in that Go-Go's uh, Josie Cotton kind of vein. Oh, that's so, right up my alley, dude. Yeah, so... Uh, the new record's got a song called 1039 on it. Just, just rips, man. I like it. bunch of good ones on there man um yeah check it out yeah dude so today we got uh yeah we got another guest this week we got a fun one yeah pretty fun one uh we're getting ready to do a little thing with cliffy huntington from the huntington's uh what more can you say let's just check it out let's go right to it huh yeah let's do it We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. Any of you that have ever felt stepped on, left out, picked on, put down, why don't you just come down here and join us, okay? Dude, I'm excited today. We got a special guest. We got Mr. Cliffy Huntington. What's up, Cliffy? Oh, I'm hanging out, man. I'm hanging out. Right on. We finally figured out how to get all three of us on this fancy <laughs> pants Skype business, and I'm loving it. Me too. Yeah. It took us a little while to get this all together, but man, I'm such a fan of the Huntington's, dude. I've been listening to you guys since like the mid-90s, you know? Well, we all got old together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you Thanks. you have an age, like the way you look, you look exactly the same, dude. 
people say that. <laughs> I think it's because I've been playing rock and roll for a long time, and I have a young, super beautiful wife, and I have two young, super beautiful sons, and I have to. Uh, I, you know, what's funny is they have these new drugs out now um, called NADs or something like that that supposedly are supposed to make it so you can live a lot longer and keeps you young and all that. So uh, it's probably not true, but I just read about it in Time on like a Time magazine, you know, bullcrap website the other day, and I was like, oh, interesting. You know, I'm going to be 50 soon, so maybe I might want to start taking these so I can keep up with Christy, uh, you know, in the next while and maybe hang on long enough to not die decades before her because she's just 32. She'll be 33 this year. I'm 48. I'll be 49 next year. So, um,. Yeah, that's probably it. But or 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 we or maybe I'm just been maybe I've been taking NADs all these years. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, it's working, man. I think it's just you know you do things that make you happy and you don't grow old too soon. I think. Yeah, you know I stay out of the sun. I've never smoked and I've never drank. So maybe that's it. I don't know. That will definitely help. It's probably that in the genes. <laughs> there you go. So let's take it all the way back to when you were a kid, dude. How did you even okay. discover music, first of all? And then what made you want to play music for yourself? Uh, well, my mom played piano uh, in the church growing up. Um, we've My whole life, I've grown up in the church. My, my mother was a preacher's daughter. And so, like, that church and that environment has always been in my life constant from when I was born until very much now, and that will I will die in the church. So um, just East Coast fundamentalist holiness kind of. Uh, it's, the denomination is called Wesleyan. It's, if you've never heard of that, you probably have heard of maybe Baptist right. or Methodist. It's that of kind of thing. So, um, and so she was the piano player, and so there was that. And, um, you know, she had, like um, – Elvis records and Beatles records. They were they we didn't play them. They were just around. Uh, the first time I remember liking music was like Southern gospel stuff, um, and it was uh, there was this little there was this band of like teenage. There was a there was a there was a band called the Kingsmen, and their sons had a band called the Kings Boys, <laughs> and my mom and my mom bought me a tape. So this would have been. You know, very early, very early 80s. A couple years later, I got Amy Grant, Age to Age, and there was one of the songs that had like a, a rock riff guitar, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. And then from there, I, it went to like, it went to Petra, and then Striper. <laughs> Striper. No, oh, yeah. and then, no, then Res Band, and then Striper. And then from there, that just opened the floodgates. That brought in Van Halen. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry, before all this, uh, Queen Anne, Marilyn, I was eight years old. And the cool guy around town, his name was Bobby L. And he was an older kid, and he was a friend of my brother's. He would have been like 11. This would have so this would have been like 70, uh, 79, 78, because I was born in 69, but later in the year, so yeah, right. seven, and whatever, 78. So it would have been something like that. And he had a Kiss Love Gun. Nice. And he had Kiss Alive Two and Kiss Alive One. And we would go over there, and he would play them. When you're that age, the sounds don't really mean anything to you. Right. But it was just like looking at the records, it was just cool. Oh, um, yeah, so that that had a big impact on me then. But then, you know, in the church, of course, rock and roll is bad. Right. You know? Especially so Kiss, right? Knights in Satan's service, uh, all that shit. Right, stuff, right, right, stuff. right. But my mom, my mom never subscribed to any of that stuff because when her... When she was a kid, she was a kid in the Beatles and Dylan and El original and Elvis original right. era. All that stuff. She was a kid. She's okay. 76 now. So she was a kid with all that happening. And her father, who was the preacher, 
um, he he had like he was not afraid of the world. He wasn't any big participant in the world, but he was not. Af- yeah, I'm going to speak Christian lingo now. I hope you don't mind. But um, he was not afraid of the world per se. So like, um, but he did things like he didn't want to, um, as they say in the church, cause people to stumble. I don't know if you know that lingo much, but I do. he. Um, okay, so uh, back then it was really bad to have a TV. Okay, yeah. this was like the 50s and early 60s. So, but they is, had a TV. Man. That's the well, worst yeah. mind control out there. <laughs> but, uh, but the, you know, in in the church, that was really frowned upon, like almost to the same level as dancing or going to the pool hall. I mean, this was wow. back then. So, yeah. um, so, uh, but he had a TV and didn't think anything of it. I mean, you know, obviously there was nothing on TV back then that was of anything that would cause scandal or anything like that. And but he just thought it was fine. But he had this thing where um, he had in a certain area where if people came over to the parsonage, that would be the where the preacher lives, right. part of the church, but it's a special cordon off part. If somebody came over to the parsonage, they would quickly put, uh, they would turn it off, and they had a little like curtain over it, and they would just bring down the curtain, and no one, ever, no one ever knew they had. And they weren't thinning, they weren't, they weren't um, being nefarious in any way. It was just that, okay, this is ridiculous. But I, you know, everybody else is that way, and so that's fine. I'm going to uh, be respectful, and that's how they did it. So. I grew up with a mom that was very had that mindset. So I've never been even though, you know, in a teenager my day, so this would have been a little bit younger than yours, but it might have held on if did you guys ever go to like church camp or anything like that? I did. Yeah. You, okay. For sure. So at, at the church camp did they, did you ever were you ever like uh did you did you ever have to watch any of those anti rock and roll movies or videos or anything where yeah, they said but, like, you know, the the jungle beats and A C D C Highway to Hell and yeah. all that stuff and it was super Iron evil and, and stuff. Right. And a big one would have been like, you know, um would have been the Eagles Hotel California, you know, and all yeah. that stuff and the backward masking and all that. So of course, you know, I, I was uh, participant to all that and I listened to all that and <laughs> when you're t- 12 and 13 uh, that made an impact on me so I wasn't going to do any of that um, but it was only a couple years later that's when uh, the, I had the King's Boys tape and I would listen to that all the time my mom brought that home and um, you know every time there was like an evangelist that came through that was uh, you know they always played the southern gospel you know yeah. they'd be having and I always thought that was just awesome but I didn't have anything in my head like oh I want to play guitar someday um what made me want to start playing guitar what would have been the Petra and then and then the Res Band and then the Striper. Mm-hmm. That and so I didn't have I I had, my mom had bought me an acoustic guitar or I might it might have been my grandfather's old guitar I don't remember but I didn't know how to play it at all. She certainly didn't know anything about it. Uh, it was an acoustic guitar, crappy acoustic guitar, and it had little like um. You know, one of those little booklets. Learn how to play. Yeah, of course, I didn't learn how to play from that. I had no idea. And when you're when they're when you're really young and you're trying to learn the name of the strings, it doesn't really have an impact. You just want to rock, right? Exactly. So, um, so I. But what I did is I took the strings off and I made a pick out of um, out of a uh, a cut a, a pick. What felt like to me like a pick, um, out of uh, the top of um. Uh, a cool whip. I used bowl, to do that too. A cool whip bowl, and it would have the little <laughs> lid on it, right? And so yeah. I, I, I cut, I cut out a, um, a pick out of that, and then the pick guard on the side of the little country and western small <laughs> acoustic. I would just, I would, I would run around the room, and I would flick. There was no strings on it, but I would just flick with my pick the side of the pick guard, and it would make a little clicking noise yeah. while I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling like I'm rocking out, and I would picture that. But of course, that's the real genesis of me 
this is what I want to do. Right. You know, and I would just, I would, I was, nah, I only, at this point, I was only buying Christian um, metal and stuff, all the different bands back then, Messiah Prophet, Saint, Philadelphia, different bands you've probably never heard of, but Baron Cross, maybe you've heard of them, but eventually I, I started getting into MTV and, um, and uh, when I got back into Kiss again, I was on a Youth for Christ. Um, see, it all ties back to Kiss. So I, I, I went on a, a Youth for Christ, also called Campus Life. I went on a um, – now, this was, of course, uh, a ministry thing that came into normal high schools and stuff like that. But um, right. I was in this group, and the guy who ran it, his name was Todd Bullock, and um, we had a little outing, a little trip where we were going to go uh, scaling down a little – uh, not a uh, you wouldn't call it a mountain, but whatever you're on a you have strings all rope all over you, and you've got to right. like so you're like repelling. You know, you, yeah, yeah, repelling. It was it was a repelling trip, and we were on a bus, and it was all these kids and uh you know teenagers and everything. So well, I was there, and at some point I came I I came back to the bus, and I walked inside, and there was these two girls, and they were in the back of the bus, and they had uh you know music playing. I didn't know what it was, but it what it was was um, Heaven's on Fire by Kiss. Oh wow! And um, and the and the and the girls were older. They were like a couple years older, and they were just you know they were just cool, you know, and they were kind of <laughs> making that face where they were singing along and making those faces to themselves, you know, back yeah. and forth where they just cool girls, and it was just cool, and it just really affected me, like. Oh man! It, it was just the coolest thing in the world. I was not the coolest thing in the world, but they were the coolest <laughs> girls. I had ever, it was so awesome. So um, it just kind of went from from there, just hanging out over the years, getting new music. My friends, all, my various friends that I would ever ha- ever have, whenever I, whenever we would move to a new town, it was always surrounded around different bands. So uh, it would have been like Keel and Black and Blue, and they were all they were always hard rock bands. I was not. I had no interest or had n- no interest in punk rock. I didn't even know what that was. Because when you're in a small town uh, in the 80s, you have no idea what punk rock is. Because at that point, punk rock was still relegated to the cities. It was not in the country. Right. It was not in the small towns at all. Um, and when those bands toured, they didn't go anywhere near where a kid in a small town would even know what they were, let alone. And, and all that stuff was hardly ever on MTV or anything like that. So. Right. Um, you know, for me, it was Headbangers Ball and all that stuff. Um, uh, you know, and then of course it went to Metallica, the original Metallica and Slayer, all that, all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, all that music was just great. And I always gravitated to the ones that had the real big hooks. The first punk rock record I ever heard in my life was a Christian band called, uh, Lifesavers. And then after that, a band called The Altar Boys. Um, <clears throat> And just other, that was like Christian music is where I first got into the various styles of music, and then it would branch out from there. Right. Um, so for for me, uh, the, the you know when I when I finally found the Ramones, I thought they sounded like the Altar Boys. I was like, oh, this sounds like the Altar Boys. <laughs> that was really you know. So, um, wow. but uh, obviously, uh, you know, when the real Ramones thing hit, uh, which really hit because uh, we were. You know, we were trying to do the band at that point. I'm like mid 20s. I'm trying to do this band. We're called Cricket. Really sucky name, and we're just playing these songs. And of course, what was big at the time was all the poppy alternative music on the radio. Of course, Dinosaur Jr. and whatnot. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. But we don't have any clue how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our our bass player went uh, on a uh, on some trip, and while he was gone, um, uh, our our or uh, the other guitar player, Mike, uh, um, he brought in this song called Rock and Roll Girl. 
And he hey, I got this one song I want to show you. And he started playing. Of course, obviously, he records. He does the same three chords over and over and right. over, and that's it. But it was just like me and the drummer and Mike. You know, Mike played bass. He just got the bass on it, and and I did it on guitar. And we were so excited that we were. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the sound. And it was just like, I made us play it five times in a row. I, uh, by the third time, I started just, I didn't have a mic, but I just started singing that same chorus, just real loud. That's how the, that loud <laughs> yeah. background vocal happened. It's just that. Um, and, um, and we were just so excited. We were like, oh, we have to write 10 more songs like this. So uh, by the time he came back from his trip, um, we had already had, like, we had already written, like, like I don't know, seven or eight, maybe ten songs that would would later be on Sweet Sixteen, and say, and yeah, we were playing them for him. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, why, you know, I, I think the, the second girl we wrote was uh was um she's all right. Again, again, it's just one of those ones that it's like immediately that 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 melody just hits you. It's yeah, just so dude. awesome. And it's still like a standard to this day for you guys. You know, uh, I, mean? I know, I know. And and but to us, like that, what was so important about those those songs is it made us feel like you know, back then we were still weren't into the Ramones. We were we we got into Green Day. And then we got into uh, Screeching Weasel because Mike Durant had a T-shirt on, on uh, that had he, he, a T-shirt in some interview that um, had Screeching Weasel on it. We were like, what's this? So I went into wow. the Rainbow Records at the time, and I, I picked up a Screeching Weasel, How to Make Friends and Influence Enemies album. And I thought it was really, oh, oh, it's because Mike Durant played on it also. And so um, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I picked up that album, Off and I just thought, base. oh, this is, yep, I just thought this was really awesome. And after listening, after we were really getting to Screeching Weasel for a while, then of course that led us to the Queers, uh, which the which they have the three best punk rock albums of all time. <laughs> um, 
uh, don't back down, suck this live at the uh, jam room, and um, and then the other one, uh, love songs. Every day, no, no, because no. those are just recorded so bad. But um, great yeah. songs. Great songs. Like I always really liked "Suck This Live" because it sounds cool, but it's those old songs. But yeah. it just sounds better. Um, and then uh, what's the one that has Steve Stress on it? He didn't play on it, but he's pictured on it. Oh. Uh, uh, it's got everything's okay on it. Oh, Rock Confidential. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Punk Rock Confidential. Those three albums. If you don't, if it's those three queers albums are the only ones you need. They're just amazing. And, uh, I don't know, so, man. But, but, uh, well, I, I know, don't I know. know. <laughs> I, I understand. Hey, let me ask you this real quick, Cliffy. What do you think of the yeah. uh, the re-record of Punk Rock Confidential? You heard that? Uh, no, yeah, not not interested. He's off key a lot. It doesn't have the same spirit. Now, it, the, the re-record they did of uh, the other one is great. It's much better than the original. You yeah. can actually hear the vocals a little bit. But but no, it's it's not really worth anybody's time. I mean, you know. uh, <laughs> I kind of feel the same way, man. Like yeah, it was well, fine before. Like what was. I, wrong with it well the drums aren't very good before because uh the drum they uh that was fine well the real drums were done by uh what's his name he was touring with them on second guitar or a bass at that time it was after b B faceless what was that guy's name he plays with them now sometimes too um he was in john cougar concentration camp chris 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 that's it chris fields yep so Chris Fields, Chris Fields played drum, drums on that album, but he didn't really know how to play drums. And but Mass tried to piece it together the best he could. It took a long time. Wow. So that's why the drums sound sound the way they did. But um, anyway, writing those songs made us feel like we were like in the queers or something like that. You know, of course. Okay. They, and then reading about the queers and listening to the queers and really getting into that, you see all the little Ramon stuff that they had. Of course, by this point, we find out about the bands redoing Ramones albums and all it just kinda and it just grew from there and we were like, that's our ticket. We're gonna be the most the most Ramones band that's ever been. <laughs> totally. And then we got there by the time we did the get lost. Uh, we 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 really had caught full circle there. But um plus you guys yeah. you did that whole like I wanna be a Ramones like it wasn't it like a contest or where you ended up yeah, playing yeah. with Joey, mm-hmm. dude. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, we we well we got a new guitarist in the band, Josh Blackway, who's yeah. now been in the band ever since. Forever, but he was new to the like. band. He, right, I know. He was new to the band. He was young and dumb, and figured, hey, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, hey, there's this contest. We'll go, we'll probably win. We're we're great. Why not? And of course, <laughs> if he would have brought it to our attention, we would have been like, what? Get out of here! Don't waste it. You know, we right. wouldn't have even given it a second thought because we would have thought it was stupid. Like it wasn't. There's no way. You know, whatever. Um, but so he entered in it and then, uh, he got, um, he actually entered it late, but he talked them into letting us get into it. And that if they would, if they would listen to this file under Ramon's album, they would understand. So he sent it to them and then immediately Arturo Vega called him and said, okay, uh, you guys won. This was before that it was, so the competition was rigged. We already won before it started because they listened to that album and they were like, uh, because Joey wasn't just going to show up, you know, and play some jokers. So he was like, um, you guys won, but don't tell anybody. Joey wants to sit Joey wants to play with you guys. And of course we're we're at like, we're freaking out. And so these are the five songs he wants to play with you guys. So we learned them all. Most of them we already knew, but some of them we didn't like, uh, what was the one that it got kind of fucked up live and joey's like this isn't Scott. Uh, this isn't Scott. yeah that was a don't um i don't want to go back to the basement it's just oh, God, our drummer at the time just started he just got the song order messed up and started he thought it was a different song right. so he was starting to play different he was starting to play i just want to have something to do or something yeah yeah well no 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 
No, 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 it's not that. Uh, it's it's one that we had never recorded or played, but he thought we were doing that one. Oh, and, right on. uh, it's uh it's from uh Too Tough to Die album. What's that what's like the first song on that album? Too Tough to Die starts with we just did yeah. an episode of this last week. <laughs> and then drawing no, a blank. Well I got the internet right here. Too tough to die. <laughs> Let's see. I'll remember which song it was. Uh, Mama's Boy, no. No, please don't do too Mama's tough, Boy. Tough, tough, that, when no. you guys did this, did you did you not get to practice with him, or it was just straight no, to the stage? We, uh, no, we sound checked beforehand with him. Like when, we, so, we got there hours early. I actually wrote a big story about this, but th- but didn't include about it being rigged or anything. But I wrote a big long thing. <laughs> you can you can it's still on the internet. You can go up and read it. It's, it's about me us meeting like how surreal it was meeting Danny Fields yeah. and meeting um, yeah, meeting that, the, uh, meeting Chris from Blondie and all this different stuff. We were just like it was like freaking out crazy, crazy, crazy. Meeting those people, especially after you read like. Um, uh, what was that punk rock book back then? That was the real rage. Please kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. been reading that and all this different stuff. So <laughs> then meeting those people from that, it was just like super crazy. Not too many people could say they got to jam with Joey. You know what I mean? No, I know. And then we did. Then we played with him again the year the year after that. And then that was his last show he ever did before he yeah, died. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Okay, it's not too tough to die. Uh, you played Joey's last show he ever played. Yep. For his band. Yep. Holy shit, that is... <laughs> Not too many wow. people can say that either. Uh, Holy no. shit, man. And let's hear for the Huntingtons. <laughs> well, it's one of those, I mean, you know, for us it was definitely a... Um, a full circle kind of moment. It's kind of one of those oh, things, yeah. but it's it's not something we talk about all the time or think about all the time. I'm just bummed out I never got to meet Johnny Ramone. Yeah, you know? I met Johnny, uh, but never got to meet Joey. Well, what was Johnny like in person? He was super cool. He even asked me like what I wanted him to play that night, and I suggested Go Mental, and they did it. So I was stoked. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. So did you guys? Cool. Did anybody have contact with Joey in that year time, or was it oh, just sort yeah, of? Yeah, no. I I used to email with him a lot. He was really nice. He would always afterwards. I mean, it was mostly about what you know, kind of setting up the show, and it was the second show, is when I started right. emailing him, and um, he would um, I. This was back in the days. Still, it was still before everybody automatically had internet, and so I would go to the li- probably, I would go to the library and sign into my AOL account. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I, would, I would email with him, and he would always end the emails. Uh, all the best, Joey. That's super cool. Yep. Um, what is the song? It's got to be. Is it? Is it on halfway? Maybe it's on halfway to sanity. As soon as I hear it, I'm halfway to sanity. Uh, I want to live. That was live, it. Yeah. I want to live. Yep, that's the one we played with that's them. Pretty and, cool. uh, it's a great song. Yeah, it was a great super one. Super cool and super fun to learn that. So yeah, we played that with them, and um, but that's when that happened. That was the second time. It wasn't the first time. That's cool. That was the second time that we messed up, and, and that happened. <laughs> Still cool. Um, yep, it was especially cool because it was like strippers there on the stage, and we're like all <laughs> oh, like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. That's great. <laughs> so how did the like how did the Huntingtons form? I mean, it's like how did you meet Mike and stuff? Um. Well, he was just a. I was 17, he was 12, and we both went to the same church camp, and he, I remembered him. He was like this just this kid that walked around with these headphones all the time listening to um, – uh, this was – you know, he had his Walkman. This was yeah. back then, yeah. and he and he would listen to, like, uh, the rap music of that era. Run you know, The only rap stuff. album I ever – right, exactly. And the only rap album I ever listened to was uh, Bigger and Deffer by LL Cool J, and so I just did <laughs> – still to this day, I've never cared about any other rap album. 
but this was of course long before it was like anything the way it is now right. but um he was i that's when i first met him and uh i liked uh the, there was these twins that went to his church and one of them i was just madly in love with her name is melinda <laughs> melinda clendaniel was just madly in love with her she was just awesome to me and so i would always you know he was in baltimore i was in southern delaware but I would always like my brother lived up there near near him, so I would go and do um, medical research studies for money, um, where they would <laughs> yeah. they would give you, you. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do. I've done you ever a do those? Of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where you're in there for like you know. Yeah, uh, that's when you're like desperate for money, money, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> but I was. You know, I've been there. <laughs> right in my young, in my early twenties, and you don't have to have a job. Instead, you can make a couple thousand bucks and get gear and stuff, or exactly. let them poke your veins for a bit. It's like who cares? <laughs> exactly. I wasn't taking anything dangerous. I'm like taking hypertension medicine and stuff like that. So, right. Um, so oh, you that, look so that was young cool. today, man. They gave you some special oh, yeah, meds. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like the Green Mile, man. Maybe maybe that happened to me. <laughs> you never know. You might have superpowers, dude. You just haven't maybe, discovered them. Maybe I know. <laughs> so uh, so I would go up and I would spend time with my brother because he lived there, and then I would take the bus down to the down to the um, inner inner Baltimore. I'd be hanging around with all these black dudes doing these medical research studies, and then uh, I would get the bus back and I'd go to Melinda's house and I'd be hanging her around with her and I'd go to church with her and mike was there but i didn't pay attention to him he was just this kid there um later on a couple years later i had um gone to cob i had gone to bible college for a couple years and um uh well no i'm sorry bible college for a year and then uh transferred to a liberal arts college when that college closed down and then the big college scene i wasn't into that i didn't care i didn't do anything i just bought tapes at the bookstore there uh from hard rock bands and then i spent the rest of my school money on like shakes at the cafe and i didn't do any money and so after one after one semester of course i had a 0.00 grade average so i was not invited back of course and uh, which i didn't care i went home to my mother's house and i at this point i was like i had learned how to I, I had learned full chords on guitar and started really my own beginning of uh, writing songs and everything for me i was never been about cover songs for me it's always been about writing songs oh, yeah. learning how to write and sing and all that i've never been good at singing but still that whole process of doing that so at this point i, I had graduated from the two finger heavy metal chords to being able to play full bar chords and then of course i mean full for full acoustic chords and then i had um learned the names of the strings learned um the uh, the 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 blues scale all the way up that would just be yeah. the regular pentatonic scale right. all the way up the string but i've never really i've i know some other positions but i've never really cared about you know i'm not a lead player obviously but um all right but and then i graduated i'd added the pinky to the two finger power chord <laughs> nice. and learn the the full three three one chord you know and right. so uh that's what i was playing when Huntington started but um, we were, you know, writing these songs and everything. And again, as I said before, we started writing the Sweet 16 stuff. And we were like, this is it. This is the sound. This makes us feel so good. It just made us feel so good. We weren't trying to play gigs. We just, oh, yeah. How did it, how did it happen? So anyway, so I'd start, I'm, I'm all over the place. So I'm, <laughs> all right, man. I've started writing some songs. I started writing some songs and everything. And I was like, well, I really want to know how to, how to, how can I record this? And I found out that, like, Mike from church way back years ago, same church as Melinda. Ooh, Melinda, Melinda Clindaniel. So what's up, man? How come no Melinda song? Well, we have Belinda, but that was about it. Now, I, we, I never wrote songs about anybody where I, where I used their real name okay. in the song. Uh, there's lots of our songs with people's names in it that those are real people. Right. But I never wrote songs about real people 
where their name is in the song, where I it was about, a, where it's like, I love you, baby. And, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. I never did that. <laughs> so there's so, no, is Penny about a real Penny? No, uh, a Losing Penny is about the breakup of my girlfriend, Jolene. Wow. My first real love. Uh, I, yeah, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, <laughs> so <laughs> how long is this? No, we can go as yeah, long as you want, yeah. man. I love it. <laughs> so Mike had this little four-track Fostex machine. And I found out about it. So Mike and I's real relationship started with me nothing more than wanting to use him to record my song. <laughs> nice. And he had a little drum machine. So I came up to his, started driving up to his town. Uh, you know, it was about an hour for me to get to his house just to record the songs. And the, he had this little crappy band he had at the time, him and some high school buddies. You know, they were, I mean, you know, they were, they didn't know how to be in a band either. But <clears throat> I had these songs and he thought they were kind of, it was cool, you know, and I'm like this older guy and he's like, he's got this stuff and, and he's not 12 anymore. He's like 17. Okay. Um, and then it was like, it was about a year later after doing those demos. We did those demos like that, like every few months uh, where I would just come up and have more songs and we'd record them. We did three demos like that. And then, then I wanted to really try to put this together as a real band and try to find other people. So the first person I asked, because I'd gotten used to working with him, and he was just a sweet kid, and he was really nice and super easy to get along with. So I asked him, hey, would you want to do this like as a band? And he said, well, yeah, sure, that'd be cool. So then uh, we went through, then we got him, and then we started, we went through a bunch of other people. I mean, you know, when you don't know how to be in a band, you don't know what you're doing, it's right. kind of hard to find members to be in a band with. So, um I started going to a Bible study uh, in that area, Elkton, and I would just find members, new members of the band through that, uh, basically. Right on. Um, and, and so we would, it just kind of went like that for a couple years, and then we started recording demos. We still kept recording demos all the time. Um, our band always was about recording songs. It was never about trying to play live or thinking we were ever going to get big or thinking we would ever tour or ever get a record label or anything. It was about, it just made us feel so good. It was so fun. Yeah. It was just awesome. It was never anything other than that. Um, the very idea that it could ever be anything like that was ridiculous. We didn't even entertain the notion. But at the same time, we went to great lengths drawing up our little cassette covers and all this kinds of stuff. Right. Um, you remember those days, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I still right. live those days. I mean, I, I record <laughs> all the time, and I don't play shows. I just still love recording. You know, it's fun. Well, I mean, you know, but we, but we would practice for hours and hours on end um, just because it was the joy of being in a band. Like, my, we started, like, my, I lived at my mom's house. And um, so all, all, by the way, all the songs that are about mom, that's they're all about my mom. Okay. All of them. All of them. Even rehab, so, huh? Yep, mom's my mom's not on drugs. That was just you know that yeah, was just, just our way of trying to be like screeching weasel. Yeah, that's you know great. I mean? So, so uh, um, you know all the little references at that time, Montel Williams and all that kind of stuff, which that mean no one even knows what you're talking about now. But um, but uh, so we're 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 just recording and and playing all the time. So like we we my mom let us uh, take our basement and this huge like it was a. Um, it was a, there was a closet in the we had a we lived at, we rented a house and downstairs was a finished basement and then inside that was a finished area behind a wall with a door in it that was intended to be like the hot water heater areas back there and all that. Yeah. So it was just it was just it was a, it was like the size of a hall. Um and the pictures inside of Sweet 16 that have like um album covers on the on the on the wall. Yeah. 
that's that room. Oh, okay. So it's this really skinny room. It's like the size of a nursery, of a yeah. little nursery in a house, right? That's cool. what the size of it is. But but it wasn't a nursery. It was a, it was a little room that had the hot water heater in it. And uh, so we used that. We we decked that all out, um, and, and we practiced there. Well, anyways, so once we found the Sweet Sixteen, once we found those songs, and we really were like, this is our thing. This is us. It was like so cool. Then, um, you know, we would play shows every once in a while, even before we found those songs. But it, we like. There was a place called Prime Times Room that we would play, um, and, uh, and people would always somehow hear we would have a band. We never ever tried to get shows on purpose. People would just find out find out we have a band somehow, and then we would be asked to play like Drexel and stuff. We would just play these shows, and um, but anyway, so once we found once we found the Sweet Sixteen sound, but of course every time we played, no one liked us. But once we once we found that those were rock and roll girl and she's all right and all those songs, then we played another show in Elkton, and on the bottom of the floor in the little area that was a tape that said "Let's Worship." And if you remember that, there was that picture yeah. under the CD. That's from the first show that we ever played. Once we had that style, and um and people loved us. They were going crazy. That's awesome. Like it was probably seventy five people there in this place, and they were just going out of their minds. Like because the Green Day was really, really happening at this point. So like the punk explosion was starting to happen okay. a little bit. You yeah. know, uh, not to the point where everybody and their brother knows who the Queers and Screeching Weasel are or anything yet. But still, it was like Green Day was really facilitating that sound and that kind of stuff. So yeah. we we um we we played this show, and our friend Daryl was so excited that people were liking us that he came up to us, he started screaming in our face. And he was just excited, like, oh, this is awesome, right? When he was saying awesome, doing all that, somebody somehow took a picture of him, and that's that other picture. That's oh, okay. That guy yelling at us. That's wow. him. That's, that's Daryl from the song Rock and Roll Girl. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, from Sydney Leather. That was his band. That yeah. He had. Um, yep. So that's all. That's like a lot of real stuff, you know. So um, a lot of these songs are real people and experiences at our time of our uh, of the time. Yeah. By the time you get to Fun and Games, by the time Fun and Games came out, of course, we very much were. Uh, we had given Sweet Sixteen to Joe Queer when we saw them. They came to Baltimore. We went and saw them, and we gave them uh, our our CD. And he acted like he knew who we were, and we were like, "What?" And we were like, "How's this possible?" Um, but he thought we were the Lillingtons, but we never knew the Lillingtons existed. And this was before the Lillingtons put out a record. They had uh, those two crappy songs on that on that comp, um, so no one knew who they were. But he. Joe was very knowing, knowing who bands were before they were hit. So he knew who they were, and he thought we were them. But we were not them. We were us. So uh, That's great. we sent our CD to uh, Master Regini, who we saw. Of course, we saw his name in all the, uh, in all the Squeer, Screech oh, and yeah. Queers albums. And so we were like, oh, it would be so cool if he'd be willing to do it. We called him up, asked him if he'd record us. He said, well, I have to like anybody that I – that I have that 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 I record. So uh, can you send me a demo or something? Well, we said, well, we have our first CD. So he gave us his address. We sent him the the CD. He called us a week later. He said, guys, I um I I, I can work with this. Uh, <laughs> what kind of budget are you, are you working with? So like we got a hold of our record label, Flying Tart Records, at the time, and we found out we had a sixty. They were willing to give us sixty eight hundred dollar budget. Um, wow. Actually, they didn't they didn't have a budget in mind. They just said we'll we'll take care of it. So we went there, and um, we started recording with him, um, which was that was where we really learned how to be a band was with Mass. He really taught us like we never understood that you were supposed to like 
you follow the kick drum. The kick drum is when it's on a downbeat. The kick drum is what you listen for to change the chords on the kick drum. And we just did everything by feel and never noticed anything like that. You know. <laughs> wow. Um, so this is working on fun and games then, right? Right. So we're working on fun and games. We do that album. Um, our record label guy cut, flies in and uh, he finds out how much it's costing. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, we're going to have to stop. And so Matt, Mass was like, okay, well, uh, you know, Mass just worked out a deal where he got $6,800, but we had to stop. We couldn't record any. We couldn't, we couldn't, we only had four more songs to double track the vocals for, but um, we had to stop and just have those um, songs be single tracked. One of them's uh, that cover song. Oh, uh, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of them was that one. Um, so anyway, uh, so we did that, um, and it was just awesome to us. The whole experience, you feel like you're, you know, I mean, you're sitting there working with like to us, the biggest producer in the world. And right. it was just so awesome. It yeah, was incredible. Dude. This was uh, the album that I first discovered you guys on. And I, uh, I just like went nuts. I thought these songs were so fucking great, man. Thank but, Where'd you hear the album? How'd you hear about it? A friend of mine just had it. And I was like, what are you listening to? That's fucking great. And he said, this is some band called the Huntington. So. I went and got this one, and then I realized you guys had Sweet Sixteen and the freaking Ramones. What was it, Rockets Ramonia? Yeah, Rockets Ramonia. Then I really right. was like, holy fuck, dude, because I'm a huge Ramones fanatic. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I that was, was before sold, we dude. even, we weren't even doing Downstrokes yet when we did that Ramones album. Yeah. I didn't start doing Downstrokes until Funny Games, because uh, that's when I had read about Downstrokes and Johnny Ramone and Downstrokes and everything. So right. uh, that's when we did that. So that's why we did File Under Ramones later. Because right. we were like, well, we want to do it for real now where we can show everybody what we really can do. <laughs> but if you notice, like. our Ramones albums were always different. We did comps. You know, we did like yeah. our favorite songs. Yeah. And so I just think they make them a little bit more interesting. But we still did it like we were the band. So we yeah, didn't. I, I like that aspect. I always wondered yeah. why you guys never got jumped on the whole like record the whole album thing once that was going on. But I figured, well, you know, fuck it. You guys already have been doing all these comps. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just that. Um, we were not ever in touch with any secular record labels. We didn't know how. That wasn't our scene. Right. That wasn't that wasn't natural for us, and no one knew who we were. Like we got reviewed in rock and uh, in Maximum Rock and Roll, super positive review, when we were on Flying Tart, and then we come out on Tooth and Nail. And even though the band hadn't changed, our lyrical content hadn't changed. In fact, obviously, High School Rock's a much better record. You can tell we're a real band at this point. And then we got they we just they just. They just gave us a terrible review, like we were just a sucky Christian band, which is ridiculous it because really is. there's nothing about us that that's a Christian band, uh, other than the fact that uh, we were believers. But, but it's and not if like it, really, it wasn't in the music or the lyrics, though. You know, no, it's not no, like you're a striper, dude. No, and, and we weren't preaching <laughs> because look, we were we were just guys that we, I never felt like to use Christian lingo again. I've never felt called to play music. Right. I it was something that I've always done because I just wanted to do it. I right. it was about me. I wasn't doing it for the Lord, so to speak. I was doing it because I just wanted to be cool and I wanted to feel <laughs> like the guys that I, I wanted to feel like the guys that I looked at bands and thought they were so cool. I wanted to be that. Right. You know? Yeah, I always um, noticed that, man, within the punk rock scene and the pop punk scene. It's like you guys always get kind of like a bad rap for being on tooth and nail. It's so fucking stupid, man. Well, I mean, none of that stuff exists anymore. There's no, we don't have a bad rap with anything anymore. Do you remember, I know. like, not a how bad rap? But you know what I'm to... saying? People would be like, no. is that that Christian punk band? It's like, right. 
Not really. Did you, ever, I mean, did you ever see like the people slaughter me on the pop punk message board all the time? Did you ever see any of that stuff? A little bit, yeah. yeah. But there's a bunch of fucking yeah. idiots on there, man. But the thing Part is, of my is, language, is, but Jesus. No, I don't care. Uh, all that stuff has gone by the wayside now because now all those people are grown up. They realize they were stupid idiots and didn't know what they were talking about, and they were just crowd followers. It became cool to assume all kinds of stuff about us. So the Christian scene didn't care for us because we weren't talking about God, and the secular scene acted like we were just some stucky Christian band, which is ridiculous because, again, <laughs> yeah. there's no difference with us and the queers other than we just don't happen to swear in our songs. Right. Which a lot of a lot of pop punk bands, they were all smiley, happy smiley bands, you know, which yeah. I like the tougher side. I don't really like the smiley presentation. I like the tough guy presentation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the smiley bands, they didn't swear in their songs. You know, so yeah. I, I know, it's you know, just it's a, just because we were on Tooth and Nail. being on Tooth and yeah. Nail. It's so ridiculous, man. But yeah. yeah high school you know, rock, though. I mean, I mean, that's to me, like, that's one of those records, though, dude, that's just absolutely perfect. High school rock. Thank you. That's the shit. Hey, Cliff, I got yeah. a question for you. Okay. Um, we're, we're, since you're talking about Tooth and Nail, I was just wondering, how did you get on that label? Was that is that a label that you were searching for as, you know, as as a christian band kind of or did they find you no well we were we knew who um i had um i had called them that was they were my first experience talking to a record label it was when they first started they had like they they had like three albums out at this point um rob walker and a couple of people but um they uh i we went in in 1994 we went to california and recorded a demo with a guy named randy rose who was in a band called mad at the world and we recorded a demo with him um and while uh, and while we were there he was like saying he was telling us about this record label and we should we should talk to him and uh you know not knowing anything about anything i called him up and i asked for i asked for the guy's name and he gets on the phone with me and i was like hey we just made a record with randy rose uh all it needs to be is like you know mixed and everything and it's ready to go now this was horrible this was the cricket stuff but of course we didn't know you know but um, he's just like, well, you got to understand. I mean, just because you have a completed record doesn't mean I'm going to put it out or anything. I still got to do manufacturing. I got to do all kinds of distribution. I mean, just you know, the, the very idea that that's all you need. And so he blew me off, of course, which is <laughs> he should have. And um, and it's not like the music we was good at that point anyway. Um, so um, uh, then years later, when we were on Flying Tart, we we were playing in, in the Christian circuit. You know, um, we were we were going on tour. And people were showing up. Um, and back then, uh, there was like this kind of built-in Christian rock uh, a, a scene where you could go on tour. This was real, real early. This would have been like 90 – our first tour in 97 was completely 100% Christian scene-driven where it was like um, – it was that. But um, that's really where we were hearing about how come you guys don't preach and stuff. And I would be like <laughs> – you know. But uh, then um, – then we were playing Cornerstone. So we played Cornerstone in 1996. It wasn't great. Then we played in 97, and that was when um, uh, that was it was pretty happening there. By that point, a lot of people in that scene knew who we were. We were doing something. It was punk rock, but it wasn't MXPX. It wasn't any of that stuff. To this date, we were the only band in there that ever came from that scene that ever did the Lookout Records kind of sound ever. Right. Um, so it just made us real different. We weren't trying to be another MXPX and all the other bands like that at the time. Um, and we went out and played Tom Fest. And so at the, by this point, Brandon knows who we are. And when we were at Tom Fest, I asked him, hey, uh, things are kind of going south with our record label. Would you have any room for us on Tooth & Nail if we were able to get out of that deal? And he was like, 
uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that. And so then, um, we just kind of pushed it from there. Um, and okay. when it, 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 he just started talking to us seriously, he had a meeting with the, with the guys in, at the label and he was the one in charge, but everybody was like, oh no, we don't really want them. They're not really like our thing. But he was like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to sign him. I mean, it's, we need another punk rock band. We just lost whoever it was. I don't know who it was, but, um, and uh, we need another punk rock band, and they're not the same old thing as everyone else, and I think this is going to be good. Uh, so he took a chance at us, really. It was a, he just thought our songs were cool. Cool. thought it was something different. And so um, he then uh, we signed a record deal, and we were just like, um, we just want the same record deal we had before. And we sent so we sent him the whole record label contract that we had at the time, and he looked it over and said, I can do this. Uh, which was cool. I ended up giving. We ended up having a much better record deal than other bands that had signed, like Cody Hook and stuff. Yeah. Um, they had to give a lot more of of their rights than we ever did because our record label that we first had let us keep a lot more stuff. Cool. So it was kind of cool. Um, and we just worked out. Uh, you know, a, a really just some great deals that we worked out. But we were just we ended up being one of their hardest working bands. We toured all the time, and um, it just kind of grew. We just got more and more professional. Uh, you can hear the huge difference from Sweet 16. I mean, from fun, well, each one of those first yeah. two records, the difference is massive from Sweet 16 oh, yeah. to Funny Games time. and then to High School Rock is the big, huge difference. Oh, yeah. But then you guys to were, me, like, whipped into shape by then, man. Right. Then then by the time, then, then we felt like we knew what we were doing in the studio, so we didn't, you know, then we started recording uh, at Nick's here in, in, in Delaware, and that's where we did Get Lost. We started it by doing, we did the live album, the fun, then File Under Ramones, and then we did, um, high, well, we did, uh, get lost and and file under Ramones at the same time. Or no, um, and um, plastic uh, surgery, right? Yeah, at the same at the same time, right? They weren't mixed at the same time, so they sound a lot different. Uh, unfortunately, they they don't, you know, get lost sounds a lot better. But um, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Was that yeah. something that you guys just like set up live in a studio, or was it actually at a live gig? Yeah. No, we played that entire straight through live from beginning to end, exactly like what you hear at at the same studio that we did okay. High School Rock. I mean, that same studio the... that we did Get Lost, right? And we used a, an we used the intro from um, Local Ramones, Live, yeah. and then the rest <laughs> the rest of the audience is a mix of of the audience that we stole from in between songs from um, from it's a mix of uh, Baron Cross Hotter Than Hell live album and the um, <laughs> Social Distortion live album that they had at the time. Wow. We just we just mixed it. We just stole little clips from uh, and then just mixed them all together and put them in. But uh, I like you know, how we, Mike we, keeps going. Hey, kiddies. Yeah, That's how's everybody funny. doing tonight? Because you're right. Tonight. We were all wanting. We were right. We were trying to talk like Joey. Yeah, we were singing funny. like Joey at that point. And that what you're hearing is actually what we did when we is. That was the exact show that we played on tour at that time. Right. We just played the exact same same show, and we just tried to we we kind of tried to do the same similar kinds of stuff that we said between songs. Right. There. There's no overdubs or anything. Um. You know, you can hear us messing up. You can hear the song uh, tempo is not necessarily. You can hear. Uh, she's all right. Speed up. Yeah. When that's it, great. When, though, you know, man. stuff like that. Um. Uh, <laughs> but it's my favorite version of Aloha uh, to you. Aloha to you, taking my game. Sound like you're having fun and I wish that you missed me more than you 
wanted to we just thought suck this live was so good and we were listening to um we were listening a lot to to local live at that time yeah and we just wanted to do the same thing and we knew that suck this live at the jam room was recorded the same way in, in right. live in a studio and um and so we just did the same thing that we didn't have anybody in the studio with us it was just us set up and then we just did it and we did it for four hundred dollars wow and it was it was our biggest selling record that's great which is funny that's like a greatest so, hits package almost, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of cool because at that point, you know, it was a it was a way to have those songs from Sweet Sixteen just sounding a lot better. Yeah, totally, you know? like rocked so, out. Right, and then, um, and then of course, few, few years later, later down the line, we decided to do, um, uh, we decided to do all those songs properly from the first two records, right. the way we were doing them live at the time with. With uh, Rock and Habits for the yeah. New Wave, which I really like a I lot. I love that day. one, man. That was the first yeah. thing I ever bought when I finally converted to iTunes. I was, oh. I was one of those people that was like, fuck iTunes. I'm never doing it. And so I finally submitted. <laughs> that was the first thing I bought. <laughs> and, and since then, how awesome is it? Now you can get bonus tracks from wherever online yeah. and put them on your yeah. albums yourself. You don't have to. Uh, I know it's huge. Yeah, that's pretty you cool. You get to make your album art all cool. Yeah. Did you get the one with the um? Did you get the remaster with the? No, four I had the original. On the I had the original one. So I, I, the remaster's better, dude. I remastered it myself. Yeah, I need to get yeah. it, man. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, I don't even know. What? What? Nice. There's extra songs on it though. No. Okay. No. <laughs> But still, I, I mean, mean, at it, the time, hearing some of those songs like, uh, you know, like Nikki Loves Your LSD and stuff like that, oh, yeah. totally like just with the killer new sound and everything. I love it, man. It's great. Me too. I love the guitar tones on that album. Got a Muffs cover mixed in there. It's great. Oh, that that Muffs cover and that um, Go-Go's cover are two of my favorite things. 
Yeah. I just, I, you know, the, um, yeah. Uh, pretty sweet. What is that song? You got the beat. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. And then I also really love. Uh, you know what I really like a lot? Have you ever Have you ever listened to or got the Rock and Roll Radio EP thing? What What is it? Rock and Roll Radio. Mm-mm. By you guys? Yeah. I don't have that one. Oh, dude, it's on. It's on. It's on. If you get If you get Spotify or whatever, it's on there. Okay, uh, if I'll you're check on it out. iTunes, it's on there. It's really great. It's got a really awesome cover of. Um, I remember Rock and Roll Radio on it. Okay. It's very good. That's I awesome. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah. It just has a good feel. It's got the original recordings of, uh, uh, I don't want to go to the hospital or whatever that song's called. Yeah. Um, and You're So Stupid and yeah. uh, one other song. The original recordings from are, are on there. That's um, they up. were recorded at the same time that we did. Uh, no, they were recorded like a few months after we did that. Um, it's always Christmas at my house song, right. which like we did that. that song at the same time that we did the live album. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Right on. We were very, very, very prolific back then. I was going to say, man, yeah, for a couple of years there, it was like you guys had something every couple of months. Yep. It's great. Yep. I mean, that's just, that was the ethos of our band. If you ever, there's a, there's an album you can get on Spotify or, or iTunes or wherever now too. Um, it's called uh, Huntington's uh, Prime Times, the Tascam Tapes. Okay. And those were all the demos that we made. There was a comprised of three demos that we made Im- immediately after discovering the um, the rock and roll girl sound. Oh, so okay. Those are all the original songs. Some of the songs we never went on to record, and they were really lame, but they're on there anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and it's just fun. It's like it's a lot of the songs are the same songs from Sweet Sixteen, um, right. but it's um, they're not the same recordings. These are four track cast cam tape machine yeah. demos. But you can really hear. The what I really love about them is you can absolutely hear just the joy of these songs are so fresh and we found this sound and we're so excited. You can just hear it. You can hear the just the joy and the, the just the over, just the absolute exuberance of being in a band and you just love it. You huh. can just hear hear that in the recording. It's really That's cool. so cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So do you have a favorite Huntington's record? Get lost. <laughs>
Get lost minus, but uh, I, but you have to take out the song. Shut up! I don't. I don't think that's a good song. But if, you, if that <laughs> song was that not there, that one either, man. If that, if that <laughs> song was not, if, yeah, that's okay. If that song was not there, then I would that song's that album. See, I just really love that though, album, dude. I always wondered, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful because I love your band, dude. There's nothing to be disrespectful about. But what happened? It's like by this time, it's like Mike started singing like the '80s Joey on all these songs. It seems like. And I always wondered yeah. why, where that, I don't know, why did he start doing that? Because I always thought he sounded cooler before. No, we were listening to Loco Live all the time, okay. and we were really <laughs> listening to like Mondo Bizarro and all that. I hear you. And he, fa- he found, he just found that he could just imitate that voice. Yeah, like so perfectly. Naturally. And his, his voice, it's just very, they have the same timber, they have the same mid-range, they just yeah. sound like the same person in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we were really just, we were just listening to that kind of stuff so much. All of us, we just love that sound. Yeah, and, I hear you. Um, yeah, that's it. No, okay. nothing, nothing other than that. We dropped it after a couple albums anyway. Man. Yeah, I noticed. I love that Darlington I, 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 split I, you guys did too, man. It's great. Yeah. Well, that those are all. Those are four. The first, the first four songs were. Uh, two lates almost. on there. It's great. Oh yeah, that was that that, that was the original that the original version of Too Late. Yeah. So we went and we recorded four songs, and then the rest of of our side is made up of uh, songs that did not make the Get Lost Plastic Surgery sessions. Right. Plus so, like a couple um, Darlington covers too, right? Yeah, we did a Darlington. That was part of the first four songs. Judy so Jetson. we were asked Judy yep. Jetson, <laughs> which I like our version better than theirs. I like yours better so than his I. too. <laughs> but what do you think of their version of Jackie? Uh, not good, um, but but I'll tell you Agreed. though, man, that that girl traversy record they had was fantastic. It's great. I know, dude. What do you think of like what he does now, man? Well, I mean, he's uh, he's, he's changed he's so doing... much, dude. I was like, he has. did he get his nuts snipped? Like, where's his balls? <laughs> no, no, he's just uh, you know, uh, people people um. He People just aged has, differently. Yeah, he just changed like, so much. I, I was like, yeah. I listened to his Bandcamp thing, and it was comical. And I used to love that well, girl traversy and the mess you up. Scene. I know. 
Both of those albums, dude, mess you up and Girl Traversy, uh, Girl Traversy especially, yeah. are one of yep. my favorite albums ever. I'd say that's one of my uh, top 50 records of all time. The whole thing wow. from beginning to end. There's nothing weak about it. The mix, the recording, everything, it's flawless. Yeah, it's Stevie flawless Stress album. drums are killer. Yeah, I know. But that whole thing is like, dude, you found it. Why would you ever stop doing – it's like once you really find that thing that you do that's just so good, I'm a big believer in play to your strengths. There you, you know, go. but he became very just jaded by the punk rock world. He was very, um, he was super into it, you know. And but at some point, he just felt like uh, it wasn't giving him what he wanted, hmm. you know. And um, and he he just got. I mean, he was he the tour we did with them is still one of my favorite tours we ever did, man. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was like a three months long all around the United States. We had a blast. It was fantastic. That's cool. that's, I'm still friends with him to this day from from that stuff yeah, back then. Right on. I love him. I love him to death. I understand his 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 choices that he's made and and whatever. But um, he's he's just a good guy. And I mean, you know, the blonde hair looking like the penguin from, from, from Batman <laughs> is a little bit. It's a li- it's a little bit weird, but uh. it's not. It's, look. But he's always gone through different looks. True. And he's just, you know, he's, I don't care what he looks like. I just don't like the way he sounds anymore. And I used to be such a fan of his voice and his like. Well, I don't know. I mean, his his he's recording now with full drums and everything. And the the newer stuff I've heard. Are you talking about the stuff that doesn't have any drums? Well, I know I heard this. It was like a on Bandcamp. I was trying to find some of the old stuff, and all he had was like one big compilation of re-records of a lot of the classic songs. Even like some of the ones that were on that split with you guys, like Stonehill You and shit like that. Right. Redone and Karen Elson and stuff. And it was just like, dude, what happened? Where, well, like, where's his fucking balls? Yeah, he was, he was probably trying to, because he did like a CD called Hot 100. That was the closest thing that he did to the Girl Traversy tones and sound. It was, it was the same producer, same studio and stuff. But it's still, it's, I mean, it's just him. Yeah. It, it's, Maybe it that's doesn't what have it is. that. I don't know. It doesn't, look, when you're young, man. I get it's it. It's hard to it's hard to recapture that same energy and and spunk you had when you're young and you're hungry. True. When you're older, now he has every reason to still be hungry because he never he never he never really attained what he was looking for. And right. until you until you get to the level that you uh, uh um that you ascribe to be, you're gonna you're gonna remain hungry to some degree. But he's always kind of just jumped around from thing to thing, and he's had yeah. some good good sonically sounding records but like you know you know he but i don't i i don't know um i don't know either man i i, I, I would I yeah i would comes love back to that sound again someday but i doubt it i know i know but look uh you know people do what they do he's in his 40s now yeah. but he's still he's super talented he's actually much better with singing on key now than he ever was when he was younger <laughs> and he's actually really talented it's just um you know he's an odd bird are his uh are his lyrics getting any better? Cause man. Oh no, they're the same. It's the same kind of <laughs> oh, stuff. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Girl Traversy was so good, but had some of the stupidest fucking lyrics, you know. Well, yeah, but, but think about this. Think about what was. Where is he? Where is he grabbing inspiration from? Where do you think he was getting his inf- his lyrical inspiration? I from? I think he wanted to be like Doctor Frank, but there you go. I think he exactly. Fell a couple exactly. rung short of that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. To me. That might be the case, but I still think that that Girl Traversy album is oh, perfection. That's pretty great. The yeah. lyrics, the, I think, I think the whole lactate, lactate all over me thing is just fantastic. <laughs> I think that that whole record, Doing that cocaine whole, off your butt. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like Lyrical genius. 
Well, it's. I mean, I. I, I love, love it though. I, mean. I I mm. love the Donnas, man. I love the Donnas. That one album that they made on Atlantic <laughs> is just flawless, also, and it's got dumb lyrics too. Yeah. And I just think yeah. it's great. Yeah. You know what was that? Spend the night. Yeah. yeah. That's still one of my favorite albums ever. It's just great. So, and it's not like the Huntingtons are like lyrical geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, look at the Ramones, dude. I mean, that's oh, not. I know, great. but. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Huntington's lyrics are much better than Darlington, though, man. you got to give yourself some For credit, sure. dude. Well, I will say that Mike, our, our main lyricist, uh, while I've had a few moments here and there, he's been the real engine behind a lot of that stuff. And he's just one of those guys that um, some people writing a song is like breathing. It's not hard for them. They can they wake up with a new song every day. It's just super easy. That's the real reason why we were able to be so prolific. In the early time, we were all writing together like crazy and everything. But it continued continued being super prolific because we were still into it. But me and Mike, a drums and vocals, we uh, drums and drums and uh, guitar. We kind of we kind of he was just getting so good at it. He was outpacing us so fast, and so we were just like, oh, there, take it, man, you're awesome. So we just so just, did he did he write the lyrics to Bubblegum Girl? Or is that? Oh you? no, that was that was me and him I was gonna together. Say, the whole yeah, everything, chance to everything. Meet kiss. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people always thought it said wouldn't trade it even for a chance to be kissed. They didn't realize we were saying meet for a chance to meet kiss, because meeting Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons was always a big time dream of mine. Yeah. Still would be today. A couple thousand bucks, you could do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, I I'm can't do that ne- either. I'm, I'm never ever going to spend money like that just to meet somebody. That's, Me either, man. No, I will never. I'm not going to spend nine thousand dollars to go on the Kiss cruise. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Me either, man. So maybe that's a good segue. Hey, motherfuckers, it's Jay Prozac, and you're in the dummy room. Cliffy's a bit of a kiss guy, and Nate is, and I am too. And uh, for some reason, a lot of people in the punk rock like seen they don't understand the kiss love but man how could you not dig a band like that plus they were out before punk rock ever happened so that's right it's some cool shit and it was really fast and totally uh, rocking you know people don't understand that side of it it's 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 real easy it's really easy to understand you have you have the new york dolls exactly the new york York dolls gave us kiss and the the new york dolls but the New York Gulls also gave us the Ramones and all the punk rock. Yeah. So it goes to say that you should be able to find enjoyment out of both. There but it is it is uncool in the punk rock world to like Kiss. And the thing is, is in the punk rock world, for most of the time when people cared about punk rock, um, fitting in has been the uh, preliminary driving force of it all. <laughs> uh, they gave a lot of lip service to thinking for yourself and blah 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 but that wasn't true right it was only okay if you think if you thought exactly like them yeah and one of the one of the rules in punk rock is you can't like kiss 
And so that's why the punk rock scene never liked to kiss, because that's a rule. So <laughs> I reject anything like that. I don't want any I rules do too. of any I do sort, too. dude. Fuck I mean, that. I went, on tour, I went on tour and had a kiss patch on the back of my leather jacket as a like way to say F you to the punk rock scene, because <laughs> there you go. Kiss, kiss just rules. Okay, now, who's... Who's the main guy out of this show? Is Nate? Are you the are you the guy that joins along every week, or are you no, the main guy and Jody just has the big mouth? What's what's the deal? It's both of us every week, <laughs> but I do have okay. the big mouth. Okay, but you're the main guy. Okay, well no, I, we're I both know the main big guys. mouth thing because I've got a very big mouth myself. So <laughs> Jody, we're gonna start with you then. Okay, you you give us your top five. I'm gonna we're gonna do it one by one though. Is that cool? Yeah, it's cool. All right, so for my number five, I had to go with tomorrow off of Unmasked. Because it's like a power pop masterpiece that if Rick Springfield would have done, it would have been a fucking huge hit. A lot of people bust on that album, but that album's fantastic. I know, dude. It's one of my favorites. Yep. All right, so then we'll we'll do Nate next. Uh, I'm gonna go with Magic Touch. Awesome. Another great one from that. Yes, yes, that's a great one. I love that song too. Yeah. My Uh, first one is my first one's going way back to Love Her All I Can. Is that your number five or your down. number one? Well, I don't have them in an order. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just, the, it's just, just five soon. songs that I love of the original band. Okay. It's a lover all I can. And try oh, to yeah. Make it. Oh, that song rules, dude. Great. Oh. I covered that song a couple years ago, man. I'll have to send you a link. That would be cool. It was cool. What's I, your next one? Uh, okay, so uh, I have, uh, for number four, I had I Stole Your Love. Yeah, yeah. it's a great song on my list man see that's how it goes that's yep. one of the greatest ones they've ever done and a great way to start yep. a record you know it's unbelievable yeah it is the best first song on an album they ever did totally it's just so good it's such, such immediate yeah just um and the rest of the the rest of the album's a letdown because that song's so good and then there's a bunch of junk on that record love gun <laughs> i know yeah all right um so nate what's your second one uh, number four for me is tomorrow and tonight. Tomorrow and tonight. Tomorrow and tonight. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, Shandy gets my next pick. That's just such a great song. It's really? Wow. I love it. I love that song to death. Wow. I've always loved it. It's just, just such a great pop ballad song that I just think rules. I love it. To hmm. death. Hey, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. It's my list. No, I like it, but I just didn't. <laughs> wouldn't expect that from you for some reason. Love that song. That's what's up. Have you What's guys ever thought one? about covering any kiss? You couldn't sneak it past Mikey and those guys, huh? Oh, no, 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 no. That's the big running joke is I, everybody else in the band hates kiss, and I love kiss to death. So, But they want to cover Poison. Didn't you guys cover yep. like Talk Dirty to we, Me? We covered Talk Dirty sake. to Me. We covered. Uh, Come on, we, now. we also covered um, um, uh, Twisted Sister. <laughs> that I understand, oh. but the Poison one always left me scratching my head like, oh. what the well, hell? Well, because Poison, man, dude. That Poison record, man, that's like, that's, that's, that's Green Day with guitar solos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you listen to, you listen to, you listen to Green Day. Uh, what's that song? Uh, it's named after Longview, right? Right, right. That's the same exact riff. Poison. Um, I want action tonight. I think you might be right, actually. No, I am right. Listen to him. It's the same thing. I never noticed that, but yeah, that's, that is correct, sir. Now 
<laughs> All right, what's your next on your list, man? Uh, I had Come On and Love Me. Those guys recorded that. That album came out in early 75, and that song sounds like it could have been a Ramon song. It's it's such a great one. Most of my songs that are, that are in my top five list, are je- even though two of mine are on, are also on you guys' list, m- none of mine are, 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 are the ones that they always play live. Right. You know what I mean? So my next one is Tomorrow and Tonight, which obviously you guys have already said as well. It's a great yep. one. And then yours was that one. So now we're back to uh, you again, Jody. A King of the Nighttime World, dude. Oh, great song. One, that is very much sounds like Sweet. Yeah, um, big time. The band. It's that early punk rock sound. It's great, yeah. great, 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 great. It's really great. great. Written, uh, uh, Kim Fowley co-wrote that one, too. Uh, my number two is Room Service. Oh, <laughs> you have, you have, why'd you have to break up the Paul Love Fest, man? <laughs> no, that is All Paul. Right, my my next Paul. one. Room Service? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. I, I was I was confusing that with uh, with uh, uh, ladies' room. Yeah. I was confusing it with that. Oh. 
So yeah, yeah, it is room, room serve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can use a meal. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, and then my next one is uh, is um, I stole your love. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know me? Oh, I like that. Wait, but that's from his solo album. You can't have that. Well, I mean, it has a Kiss logo in the corner, no? Yeah. Maybe it's cheating. There is nothing on his solo album. Maybe I'll change it then, just for you, Cliffy. There's not a single song on his solo album that's as good as any of the Kiss albums. None of them. Ah, you're crazy, dude. No, no, no. You gotta listen to Wouldn't You Like to Know Me. It's great.
I love it. But I love that In that song, case, man. since you guys are disbarring that one, I'll go with Making Love instead. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. A bit rapey, but still pretty good. I, hey, well, it's not, not as much as Gene's songs. Okay, Easy As It Seems would be mine on there, too. <laughs> you don't think I that's think rapey, though, Cliffy? He goes, she says, stop, but baby, go, go, go. No. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. And I also don't think, I also don't think it's, it's rapey when, 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 by the time they get to, uh... Wow, what what is the song that I'm thinking of? It's got those like bang bang you, yeah, 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 bang bang you. Those lyrics rule the planet. Oh yeah, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. Bizarro world, maybe. I'm super. No, no, no. I'm super, super (laughs) anti PC. So it's like you hear that song, and it's just like everything. If you're like, if you really bust out against the PC movement and you hate it so much, then you're gonna love that song, just because it's like the ultimate middle finger to the PC movement. It's so awesome. That I can get behind. You'll swallow everything when you're with me. Oh, so good. <laughs> you want your pride. You got your dignity. You'll swallow everything when you're with me. That's great. <laughs> totally. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, next error. Next error. What, what do you got? got, Cliffy? I got all hell's breaking loose, my friend. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So the uh, that's like I give that song credit for like bands like Limp Biscuit and all this horrible shit. What are you talking about? That's Paul Stanley's super <laughs> awesome attitude. That's yeah, but don't whole, you think like, it's the first rap rock song? No, I don't. What I think it is is Paul Stanley has always done this thing, and, and I love it. It's this thing where it's like a talk. Um, it's almost like it's not a rap in a rap sense where it's meant to be real rhymey, but it's more like a... Um, you know, he does it live all the time, even where he's like talking to my my people here tonight. Ev, you know, people. you are my people, you are my crowd, all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, what I mean, it's it's that whole kind of like thing. But the whole song is like that. Yeah, and, ah, I just think it's great. And then the chorus is just awesome. And I like the video is awesome. I love everything. Yeah, the video is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Nate? Uh, my number five is Turn On the Night. Okay, good song. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. I had Burn, bitch, Burn. When oh. I did my yeah, when I did my list, guys, I totally went off the top of my head. Me too. And when I get to the 80s era, you know, this era, it's, you know, the song, the albums don't go very deep for me, song-wise, right. you know. So, yeah. Really? The, 80s, burn. The, the 80s the eighties songs, man, that was my real love of Kiss, discovering them on my own. Right. And, the, and the, then it was after I got into that that I went and revisited all their 70s stuff from being a kid. And I really, obviously... Just what's not to love about all that stuff so you know when you really get into that again it's incredible but for me in the 80s it's where it's at because that's where that girl was singing right. in the back fire. of the bus man and you know <laughs> there's paul stanley in the video trying to think he's david lee roth and they're a bunch of becoming a bunch of followers and stuff but they're oh, still so awesome yeah. you know and so yeah that's cool uh, he's right, better so than then, david lee roth I say so too. Uh, well, it's still he was he was still uh, you know yeah. But you know what you know what David Lee Roth would have never done. David Lee Roth at the end of a video would have never taken his fingers and acted like he was like uh, you know windshield wipers in front of his eyes. He would have never uh, yeah. done that. <laughs> All right, my next one is Thrills in the Night. Nice, that's a great one, great dude. Yep. What do you think of that Mark St. John's crazy guitar, Cliffy? Uh, I mean, you know. Um, wild, he couldn't. Huh? Not, he he. It, yeah, but he couldn't keep it together, man. No, sure couldn't. So, no. Nope. I had King of the Mountain next. That is a great song, dude. Yeah. That's my number four as well, man. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
So very uplifting, you know. You could yeah. uh, Paul Stanley, you can do it kind of song. Pretty good. That's right. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. Then. Yep. Sweet. Then who wants to be lonely? Them trying to be Led Zeppelin, but better. It's a very cool song. Way I just, better. You know, it's a very cool song. Yeah, I got that one too. There you go. All right. So my number three. Don't laugh at me, but it's uh, forever. That's a great song, man. I'm not gonna oh. laugh at you. No, no, no. That's one <laughs> that of like, is, the uh, greatest acoustic guitar solos you'll ever hear. Power ballads there ever was, yep. right? Uh, my next one is. What you got? My next one is Rise to It. Great song. Yeah. Good one. You trip out back in the day with that video when they put the makeup on. At the I beginning. know, dude. <laughs> and Paul's like, you know what? I think we could we could take the makeup off. What? You're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. I still say you're nothing. You're nothing. Yeah. You know, I know. <laughs> and, but great. just the lyrics are great, man. You know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Because when you're lying next to me, baby, I can guarantee you I'm gonna rise to it. <laughs> you know, they're trying to be Guns and Roses and stuff, but of course they do it all wrong. But it's still awesome. Yeah. They were totally chasing trends at the time, but yeah. It yes, they were. Good. But they're just such such good. So- well, Paul is such a great songwriter that it yeah. still comes through. And vocalist for sure. In yeah. those days. Well, yeah. Well, you know, he's singing outside of his range, so he had to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he pushed it too hard during the '80s. I think that's what happened to him today. You know. He was. He wasn't even in his prime in the '80s yet, man. I know. The '90s were. Yeah, unplugged was his his peak. <laughs> I think. Notice, no, no, notice that no one is saying their favorite song is "Baby, Let's Put the X in Sex." <laughs> you haven't seen the rest of my list yet, man. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not on it. But uh, my next one is uh, "Tears, Tears Are Falling." Oh yeah, yeah, classic, great fucking song. Yeah, it, it is a great song, but it's one of those ones where it automatically doesn't shouldn't make your list because it's been overplayed. You know? oh, right. But you can have it. It's a great song. So what? It's what can still you say? so good. Yeah. It really is. It's it's like uh, you know, um, everybody's got a reason to live, baby. <laughs> the only other one that I had that I haven't <laughs> mentioned that you that you guys haven't had as well is "Fits Like a Glove." Uh, I yeah. love that one. I, I, is that I, the I one really where? Because when I when I let's see, it's like that, I go through her. through her. It's like a hot night. That's great. Uh, my next one is silver spoon man that song rules yeah i like that one oh i think that was co-written with old desmond child right oh desmond child sucks but he probably did (laughs) you know like his uh, huge super radio hit sound cliffy no that's well uh, yeah that doesn't have um hold on uh kiss that doesn't it doesn't have no uh wait it just says songs like oh crap why didn't it I might be. He oh, might Vinny Poncho. It. it was Paul Stanley and Vinny Poncho. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. Whoa. Oh, good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. So how many because times have you seen Kiss Live? you seen Kiss Live a couple times, Cliffy? Or what? I've seen him one time for my 40th birthday. I had third row front center. It was wow. awesome. That was awesome. So yeah, that was my like wife bought it for me. a few years back. So they that was was it uh, with Tommy and Eric or was it still Ace? It was, and I didn't give a crap because no. like you see when you when when you fall in love with Kiss in the eighties, you don't give a crap who the guitar player and the drummer is. <laughs> you know it's all about Gene and Paul. There and to go. say anything other than that, you're a darn liar, man. Because <laughs> that's just, and I fell in love with Kiss in the eighties. Um, yeah, you know, Stripe, on fire, Striper man. was my girlfriend, and I cheated on Striper sometimes with Kiss, and so. <laughs> 
That's how it was. Man, that striper <laughs> was amazing when I was a kid, dude. The the they dual guitar are, attack is unbelievable. Yeah, I know. It's almost like, you know, some people play guitar. Which one of you guys plays guitar? Both of you? I play guitar. Or okay. bass or drum. But, you know, like some people, it's just, well, a lot of people nowadays, they play guitar so good that you're just like, I just I just should stop playing guitar. I'll never, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do that. But for me, it was just like, well, that's not my thing. Right. I'm, I'm okay. That's why I play punk rock, because I can't do all that stuff. <laughs> and um, so... Well, we're glad you did, man. You've made some of my favorite records over these years, you know, so thank you for that. You're too kind. Um, it is a genuine joy to have been a part of it, and I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm very blessed that I still get to do it now. Oh, yeah. So what's the plans for the future of the Huntington's? You got anything coming up? Any records? Any plans? Um, we are, we've been threatening doing another record for at least the last four years, <laughs> but we are, um, how it works is, um, we talk about it, we get all excited about it, we think we're going to do it, and then, but it's always up to, like, Mike's the leader in that sense, I mean, ever since I quit the band originally, it was originally me, Mike, and Mike's band, original members, Right. Neither, none of us could get kicked out, um, but when I quit the band of my own volition, um, I, uh, then when I came back, I've I've always ceded uh, ultimate leadership to Mike because I left, he never left. So, so he's the Paul and you're the Gene. Uh, yeah, of. that's probably a good way to say that. You know, <laughs> he's the raging liberal, I'm the raging conservative. That's about right. Of course, neither of those guys are liberals, but um, uh, no, right. uh, we don't need to get into politics. It's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, certainly not. Certainly nowadays. Uh, well, so, at least the last. Last ten years at least. So when you left, is that when you were doing the reaction thing with Fletcher? It is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I well, I left. Uh, I that was really just. Um, we were originally going to call the band Bomber, and then nine eleven happened, so you know we weren't going to call it that. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, so we were going to call it Bomber, and we I had been talking about doing this band for a couple years with, since ever since I went on tour. We went on tour with the Deadlines, a couple guys from the Deadlines. Yeah. We just really liked Zeke and Motorhead and stuff a lot. And so we were talking about someday doing doing a band and calling it Bomber and stuff. And so when things were going a certain direction and there was a lot of headaches in Huntington's and I figured I could just go do it again, uh, I contacted those guys. We started doing the band. I had I had met Fletcher uh, a couple times. He would always come out to Huntington's shows when we were in the uh, Illinois area. Yeah. And he was just really cool. It's funny. I always assumed he was a believer. Back then, it was like if you came to our show, I kind of assumed you like knew about God or something, whatever. <laughs> and um, and I just always thought he was like good looking and seemed like he'd be a cool lead singer. I didn't even yeah. I never heard him sing or anything. I just assumed like he just kind of like had a certain look that I thought would be cool to have a a singer like that and um because i'm shallow about certain things um and um so i contacted him and and he said he'd like to do it so he came up and we just kind of started it didn't last very long obviously um yeah but still and, it was pretty then, cool yeah well i got the i got the portland and then um which was just our way of dropping those guys off. I had a girlfriend at the time who lived in that area, so you know when things we were we we were struggling to really take it anywhere or go anywhere with it. Um, so we were just it's almost as if everybody assumed it was going to happen in six months, which is ridiculous. But anyway, so uh, we get to Portland and um, we drop those guys off, and uh, okay, man, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, okay, and you know I knew it was done at that point, um, yeah. and uh, I just started finding other guys 
um, that I kind of had known because I toured so much back then. I kind of almost knew guys in every town. I right. knew somebody to talk to and kind of get leads from. So I started started talking to a, a couple guys that were in a band called The Note to Apex that uh, we played with a couple times, um, and uh, they kind of joined up. And and at that point, I had already had the Stivs name in my head and so before the reaction record even came out i had already changed the name to the stivs there's a sticker that when you bought the album if you bought the album there was a sticker on the front that said now known as the stivs um so that's why now like i've remastered the album properly now and it's put out now and it's called reaction jackson is the name of the album and then the name of the band is the stivs but it's the same record that's cool just sounds a whole lot better i just remember like I've been friends with those guys in the copyrights forever because mm-hmm. we live pretty close to Carbondale. Well, not like an hour away, but we used to play did shows you, with did them. Did you see us when we would play the Carbondale, that nasty drug house? Did you see us when yeah, we played Yeah, Lost Cross. I saw you guys there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. I actually uh, almost went to see you guys at this thing called Agape, but then they wouldn't. It was like this, uh, like a Christian festival, and the, it was like you guys, I think Slick Shoes or somebody, and like Jars of Clay and all these bands, but they wanted oh. Do you remember playing that? It was like in Greenville, Illinois, in the middle of ne- like nowhere. Was like Stephen Curtis Chapman and cheese balls like that there? Stuff like that, yeah. But like yeah. all of us, like punk rock people, wanted to go. But it turned out that if you went, you had to stay for three days and camp out. And I'm like, I'm not. I love the Huntington's, but I'm not camping out for three days just to see you play live again. <laughs> no, if I remember, that wasn't anything. There wasn't even any, that wasn't anything like overly cool. It was like a big it giant sound stage. Like it, yeah, it, there wasn't a whole lot of people. It was kind of a drag, but yeah. Know. Well, I'm glad I missed that then. But yeah, yeah I definitely did. saw you guys at Lost Cross way back when. It was badass. Yeah. That place was kind of a, like you said, kind of a kind of a mess. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I mean that's that's really that's my favorite kind of stuff to do, man. It's like I love house shows. I like the Huntingtons even to this day. Our best performances, and even now, are small club shows. When we get yeah. or a small or even a house show or some small dinky thing, it's it's always has a better vibe and feel totally. when it feels like everyone's on top of you. Yeah. It's so much better than when you're playing at a big stage. Exactly. Um, it's just no. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's way cooler. It's it's more like you're part of something, you know. The crowd's yep. part of it rather than being. I hate shows right. where the band's you know on some big stage that's three feet away from the first row and shit. It sucks. Yep, I know. Yeah, terrible. I agree. So you have a very yeah, favorite not, Huntington I, song I that you guys have done. If you had to <sighs> nail it down to one freaking song, what would you say? Would you say Rock and Roll Girl since it was kind of the no. like the <sighs> beginning of it all for you or what? I really like the last time that you left. Yeah, you know I fell in love with you 
Keep you. I just said that chorus is just so good, but I don't know if that would really be it. Uh, I really like losing. Man, I gotta tell you, there's so many. It's kind of like right. my own band is one of those bands where every day it would be a different song. Totally. That would be my favorite. Um, you got the catalog for it for sure. Plus, it depends uh, what kind. Of, you have kind of like I I see the Huntington's as having three different distinct styles. You have the aggro songs, then you have just the regular. Songs, but then you have the ballad side too, like Losing Penny and. Uh... Yeah, but the ballad sides are are still real energetic. Oh, rock well, obviously, songs. yeah. It's like the queers. Like a... are they, we got we just got that from the queers, man. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I love that's what I, I love do the too. most about you guys. Hooray for you is probably my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one, I and know. I really, really like the Hooray for You derivative from that from Get Lost as well. Um, or no, Hooray for You. Yeah, that's on Get Lost. Yeah. Yeah, that one and Annie's Anorexic I really like a lot. I really like Joni's Got Problems. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I love those. Um, and, and I like the original Hooray for You, which would have been um, Aloha, It's You. Yeah, love that. <laughs> They're very similar vibe. Yeah. Um, I really like I'm Not Going Downtown. I think that's one of our best fast beat songs. Yeah. That just is so thick and meaty and just awesome. Uh, and there's also what, what drives things for me is um, what I love to listen to, and then what feels so good to play live, right. you know, um, that can also make me feel that way. But I, I really like um, "Leave Home." I really like that song. Yeah. I really, but I, losing. If I was probably gonna choose one, it would probably be "Losing Penny."
That song is beautiful, man. It, it just it just has because it's it's got this heartfelt feel, right? But yeah. then once it kicks in, it penny and then it, it there's a when you play it live, when it goes into that, once yeah. the vocal starts, it's just oh man, it's just so easy to totally get into. It's not oh, like yeah. yeah. And then I really, you know what though? I really, really, really love. Uh, it's always Christmas at my house too. Man, I love that. <laughs> That's song. a good one. So I'm telling you, it's hard to it's hard to pick. It's it's hard. Yeah, dude. So. You guys got so many fucking great songs, man. Well, thank you. I was always impressed with how many chicks you guys knew. Annie and Allison, <laughs> Nikki, Lucy, Veronica, Jackie, yeah. Lucy, yeah. Penny. Do you, do you want to go through who? who yeah, what let's songs do that. Real? That'll be fun. <laughs> okay. So Allison's the bomb. Allison's the bomb's real. Uh, nice. That came from the first time we played. The first time we ever played. Um, uh, Tom Fest has a festival out in, it was like the, the uh, it was a festival out in Washington State, um, super awesome music festival. It was the first time we played there. It was in 1996. Uh, 1996. And um, I was sitting at our merch table, and this girl rock walked up, and she was like the most beautiful but quintessential punk rock girl with the short hair thing you ever saw. I mean, I just I was, I just was like, I was like, oh, my gosh. I like, I, like right away, I asked her if I could kiss her. It was like so stupid. And she was only like 16. I'm like 27 or whatever. Oh, yeah. But she was just so beautiful. It was just like, oh, my goodness. And I just became friends with her, and there wasn't ever anything. But um, but uh, um, she was she was just – it was just like – that song is so stupid. The lyrics are so dumb, and yet – but that's that's her. That's that's that song. Um, my own wife is way more beautiful than she is. But, you know, at the time, it's just like, oh, my gosh. So um, – that's where that came from. And, what about and, uh, Johnny Walker? The song. I mean, that's Johnny you. Walker is me. I know. That's about that song is about me. Literally, I think is we're about gonna call me. this episode the coolest kid in town, man. There you go. There you go. Uh, that line of John from New Jersey. Yeah. That's obviously about John by Jovi, but that's that was Mike Pierce that wrote that line, okay. and he, that's well, one what? of his music lyro, few lyrical contributions. Let me ask you this: I've never known, and maybe I'm not cool enough to know, but what's up with the Sunshine Junior tape? What's that about? Uh, Sunshine Junior was the first name of the band before we were called Cricket. Okay. Right really on. stupid. I'm telling you, dude. Really, really dumb, dude. Yeah, but now I know. I've always wondered. Yeah. I even Googled it one time, and I couldn't find anything about it. Nothing, nothing's going to be there. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of inside, made-up, dumb stuff cool. about our old times that in our, that goes throughout that's the That's pretty song. cool. So wh- what, uh, what else is... Uh, Penny, Losing Penny. What's up with Yeah, that's a, that's a real song, but the names were changed to okay. Protect the Innocent. That was about my girlfriend, about uh, how... Um, how she broke up with me and all that stuff. Right. You know? What about Veronica? Veronica is completely made up. That was really just, um, you know, Veronica hates me. But you know, right. uh, instead of Veronica <laughs> hates me, it was Veronica's cool, man. And so there's that. Uh, Nikki loves her LSD. Nick, Nikki loves her LSD is totally made up. Okay. Lucy's just, about to lose her mind. Lucy's about to lose her mind. Also, totally made up. Those, <laughs> those songs were just trying to write songs that were like. What well, started with wanting to write songs like what we felt like were Screeching Weasel, and then we realized later on they were just trying to be the Ramones. So right. Then we we did the same thing too. So. How about Jeannie hates the Ramones? Jeannie is Mike Pierce's wife. That's our original drummer's wife. That's all real. Yeah. true life he played on almost he played on all the records though right he played yep he played on all the records except that's for mikey with two e's or whatever right he didn't play on the self-titled that's and i didn't even play on that and right. he didn't play on that little ep where they did a, a split with retarded um that was um i didn't play on that either um but he and the and the only other thing he didn't play on was um he did not play on 
uh, Rock and Roll Habits for the New Wave. That was our drummer at the time. Yeah. Uh, Josh is Josh, there. Yeah. Uh, what other songs with the names? Uh, Obvious uh, and Vampire, Annie's that's a anorexic. real guy. Annie's, Annie's, Annie's Anorexic's fake. Um, that's just made-up story. Joni's... Joni... Joni... Joni's got problems. That's uh, made up completely. Um, got us in the geeks about you being the geek. Oh no, Stinky's all grown up. That's about me too. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it is. My nickname in high school was Stinky. I didn't stink. I was just poor. And uh, but uh, that the sound, the song lyrics that Mike wrote in that song were directly about things he knew about my, me growing up that he had just like learned about me over the years. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> he wasn't privy else? to be, me being called Stinky, but. Uh, you guys name it's got to be an actual person's name. Right, right. Uh, I was just trying to make a joke. It didn't. It didn't land. <laughs> no, okay. I know. No, I understood, <laughs> but like, I just it wasn't good enough. So I just Judy Jetson, obviously, no. Well, it's Samantha, what was the Samantha? Oh, um... Samantha is real. Samantha. Okay. Well, it it is. It, it's real, and it's really what she called herself. But she was a stripper at a club in downtown Philadelphia called the Show and Tell. And we went there, and uh, she was. All, we thought she was awesome, and so that song is about feeling guilty because you go to a strip club, and when you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Right. So you guys uh, are the most interesting Christian band I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't a Christian band; we were just dudes that were yeah. Christian. But we were also in a rock band, and when you get in a rock band, there's trappings that are waiting mm. there for you all the totally. time. You know, I'm I'm um, a very serious Christian now. I am much more of a uh, my 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 faith in Christ is my faith in Christ was very strong back then, but now, but I'm a lot more like um, it's it's not as all about me now as it was back then. That's probably the best way to say it. Right. Okay. Uh, you got kids. So now. when you guys play shows now, are you um you are you playing these? The Christian circuit still ever? Or are you playing? Oh, no, just... there, no, there's no such no. thing as a Christian circuit now. Okay. Not, no. I have when no we play idea, shows, so... Yeah, when we play shows now, it's just who something is cool. Either something because we want to, and so we just you know we have certain places that we can go and play anytime we want to, and we just do it because we want to, or because we're getting invited to, or because the money's really good. And do, do you know like the the dudes that are coming to the show? Are you getting a mix of just regular punk dudes and then uh, you know some of the more of the Christian? Guys that we used to come. Oh see no! All, all we're all we're getting at shows now, because everybody's all the same now, man. Now it's just yeah. fans of the bands, people that there is no there is no split between Christian fans and non-Christian fans. There right. is no Christian scene anymore. So now it's just people who just, you know, the whole all that whole thing of people segmenting us, not liking us because we weren't Christian enough, or liking us because we supposedly uh, were just on tooth and nail, and so we had to be cheesy. Um, <laughs> all all of that is completely gone now. Right. Where we are now, like I think, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems from my perspective that we're looked on as just um, the real deal, and we're just still here. And, and yeah. I think I think we're looked on as a not as big, but as a contemporary with the queers and screeching weasel and all that. And Absolutely. That, uh, that's kind of how I mean. I just think we've had it, we've made a legacy over time by doing by never changing, not really, um, by never. Uh, um, like, you know, we don't do that stupid crowdfunding bullcrap or any of that stuff. I mean, right. our ethics, our ethos about the band has never changed from the beginning. You know, there's like literally nothing different about us. I mean, you know, Mike's different now politically and, you know, uh, what he thinks about the Bible and stuff like that. Uh, and and I'm the same as I've always been. Um, and then, uh, you know, 
stuff like that. But and we don't. It's it's not even a requirement to be in the band to be a Christian at all. It's not a requirement. It used to be because, um, not for any reason other than we wanted like we wanted like-minded people in the band. We but you had to be uh, a professing Christian, but somebody who wasn't about that, so to speak. Meaning you weren't trying. You weren't. You didn't have to be in some like Bible preaching band. You didn't have to have a desire for that because right. then this was going to be the wrong place for you. You know what I mean? And we were always looking for someone who would want to stay in the band and, and be a fan of the band, come into the band and stay. And we found that with Josh Blackway. He's been just perfect. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the drummer seat has always kind of cycled around. Um, and the, the guy that we've got in the band now, Chris, he's fantastic. And he's since, since he's joined the band, he just – He's he plays exactly like Mike Pierce, like he plays exactly like the original band. That's yeah. just his style too, and um, but he kind of has that. He's a little bit younger than us. He's like um, thirty. He's about I think he's thirty six, and then um, Blackway's thirty eight, uh, something like that. But so he has those guys have a more youthful kind of push. They're more excited about stuff. Where me and Mike are just kind of like, all right, well if you want us to do it, then you got to go make it happen, and then we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know if I, I answered your question, but absolutely. What was the question again? Uh, I was just wondering about who came to your shows. If you, Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. it's just like, we just play shows and it's just like, it wouldn't be, it would be this, it would be the same as who would go to any band okay. that would might be still be around from them. We, we play with, uh, I mean, just yeah, a bunch just, of old fuckers coming to your show. It's just, now, yeah. it's just thirty-year-old guys that were sixteen-year-old guys who want to feel like, and yeah. girls who want to who want to remember wh- who, who want to have something that reminds them of when they were a teenager in punk rock. Right. Ah, you know. Yeah. So, but now they're older and they have kids, and yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like it's all it's it's all of us. We all get to kind of relive a more youthful time in our life, um, where kind of like when you come to see the Huntingtons, it's kind of like nothing has changed at all. I love it. Uh, I think and, you guys uh, are looked on as like a classic pop punk band, dude. I mean, you are to me. I mean, that's right. over 20 years old and I still love it just as much, you know? Right. And I think as people, the the detractors, a lot of them have come around or they don't even care about music anymore because they've got kids and they've got better things to do. <laughs> uh, but, right. you know, it kind of by sticking around, it's played into our favor because people who like the old sound, you can't exactly get it anymore. Yeah. And totally. here's a band that's still doing it. There you go. And we do it well. Yeah, yeah. And, Not many uh, of them left. And, and no, and we and we've always written good songs, and all we and we never pretended to be what we anything other than what we were. You know, we started uh, once we found our sound. We just wanted to be Screeching Weasel and the Queers, and then we just gravitated to, hey, let's just be the Ramones, and then we stayed there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with any of those bands, though. If nope. you're gonna pick someone to be, that's the bands yep. to be. Yeah, so, and yeah. we don't. I don't like. I think Screeching Weasel has a worse, much worse reputation now than we do. Even though they get more <laughs> people that come to their shows, but um, yeah, pro- probably so. Since, you know, uh, since that's, the there's incident, no original members maybe, left. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, but people are people are over that. I mean, <clears throat> how's that really any different than? Any of the other crazy punk rock bands? Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't have a problem with it at all, especially this far later. You know, I mean, you gotta forgive and forget. Well, it didn't bother me at the time. I mean, to me, it's kind of like. um, Did you think it was a publicity stunt? No, no. it always comes back to that for me. Pretty bad ones. It 
was cool. It was it was such a shame because it was like him and Dan were back together. Yeah, I know. It, it was, was like that. that it was. I know. Yeah, it really did. But that's also part of Ben's personality. Is just um he he um he is someone. He's a he's a he's a bridge burner, man. He just yeah. is. There's there's people that are just like that. Their personality is made up that way, and um, there's enough people in the world that he can probably get away with that until he dies. Yeah. Um, I just saw him uh, last year. It was great. Yeah. Uh, every time I've seen him since then, there's. I mean, they, he's got great guys in the band. They're mm-hmm. a really rock solid band. Yeah, playing um, those great songs. Really, you know, right? Fun. And there's really they're, they're honestly the band that he's got now is way better than the band he had back then. Yeah. It is a better band. It is a really good live performance. I mean, they're like professional, super right. good. Um, the drummer is just out of hand, incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would really like to see the queers. I'd like to see Joe Queer just make one more just really good record. I'd like to see really. him come up with a new record and quit fucking around recording old records. Yeah, but the thing is, is... He's been doing that forever, though. Yeah, but... Does he have the material? I don't know. I think he has I, it in him. But he doesn't have the band members, man. He's got a couple, like, you know, chubby Mexican dudes playing with them. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. It's, it's a, Who cares what your nationality is? But get some guys who've been in the band who we've seen before that we know look cool. You Make your band look cool. <laughs> you know? I Rock don't know. And roll. I think Hoglund's you know, a fucking great drummer, but... He, but he doesn't, he doesn't do the high... He doesn't do the, the high... The, the fast... The couple times I've seen him, he does. It does nothing about the bass player and the drummer that impressed me in any way. Hmm. I don't know I if mean, you saw the like, same guy that I'm. I'm talking about Alex. Um. He's been with well, the Joe saw, for like the last maybe five, six years, but I don't think he does all the live shows. Well, when I saw him, it was like, and they might not even be Mexican dudes. I don't know, but it would just kind of struck me that way. It was like a chubby guy on bass and like a chubby guy on drums. And it wasn't the guy from, like, honestly, I really liked him a lot when it was uh, the drummer from the Nobody's playing drums for him. Yeah, Lurch. Uh, yeah, man. That I thought was that cool. was cool because there, there was kind of a vibe, an ethic, and, 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 and you know, I mean. I think the best lineup, though, was when they had Panic and Vapid, don't you? Well, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. And B-Face. That, that's yeah. ridiculous. But the thing is, is there is there is no putting that back together. That's not happening. Right. The, you know, those guys are, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. Dude, that's suck this live. Yeah, exactly. That's the, best re- that's the best record of his career. It's insane. It's so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's not happening. There's know. not a lot of money in it, and Joe's got to get the money because that's all he's got, and so he's got to have guys in him that are willing to do it because it, they get to play with Joe. And you know, how many guys in twenty in two thousand eighteen are going to be jammed up to go and do that? Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe's the only rock star left in the band. I mean, for a while, man, when they were touring with Punk Rock Confidential, it was like the band was like rock stars. And they were like, <laughs> that was when, that was when Stevie Stress was on drums. And they had, uh, yeah. and then um, uh, Fields was on, yeah. on, sec- on, on bass, actually. And then the guy who played bass, uh, Dave, Dave was on Dangerous guitar. Dave was, was on guitar. Yeah. And they, they wore black, straight, tight stretch jeans. They had like freaking nail polish on. They just seemed like rock stars. <laughs> they were just awesome. Like, seriously, the whole presentation was unbelievably great. It was so good. It was like, they don't need B-Face when it's this. Right. But he didn't hold that for long either. True. So. Yeah, it's tough out there, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he's bounced know. back and forth with drugs. It's kind of done a lot a lot of it to him. Right. 
look at like the the past members of the queers. There's like a hundred people. Right, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I know. Who's had more members, the queers or the Huntingtons? Queers <laughs> by a queers. long shot. Yeah, because with the Huntingtons, it's always been a staple of me and Mike. Right. You know, and then we have we've had Josh now since man forever, dude. Eighteen years, man. He's been in the band for eighteen years. So we went through a lot of guys there for a while. Yeah. Um, but it's it's you know now that we're not a real band anymore, now it's the same guys all the time. <laughs> so. I'm yeah. just holding off for at least another record from you guys, man. Come well, we on. are we are making plans now for real. We're making right now. We are making a schedule to. Uh, I've got some songs written specifically for another record. Cool. There's no lyrics or melody yet. It's just how the music's going to be. It's where 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 it feels good. It's memorable and it's awesome. The guys have heard it. They think it's good. We're going to get together. Uh, it'll be a, a, some Saturday soon, just to flesh out new material. Ultimately, we're not going to record until and unless we think the material is as good or better than what we've done previously, which is actually difficult to do when it's all these years later and you're in a different place. Yeah. So. And plus those first few albums, I mean, are fucking gold, dude. It's going to be tough. So, like, you know, I mean, you guys have successfully been able to live up to those first records, but I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. Looking back at like something like High School Rock. match up to that i mean geez well, least... it wouldn't be high school rock it would be because we're much more interested now Get lost. In right... well shit. what we really want to do is we're wanting mike and i we both right now are on the same page where the idea is to make a kind of like an adios amigos style record yeah you know, a really later day record okay. so that would make it kind of more like at lost but more so even than that but except for he's not going to imitate the joey vocal cool so <laughs> I think it's going to be good. I mean, you know, there'll yeah. be fat, there'll be there should be fast beat songs on there. It should be, you know, I mean, our drummer Chris likes to play everything a million miles an hour. So these is these are not going to be it's not going to be slower tempo like Get Lost. It'll be faster than that most Sweet. likely. Um, man, that's so, exciting. Thanks, man. I think so. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm you know, excited. We were thinking about calling always... it class reunion, but we don't really know what we're going to do yet. So we'll see. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Class reunion. It's got it. High school rock, right? Yeah, it would make sense. Put those jackets back on and all that. <laughs> uh, probably not, but that's okay. Uh, my brother has mine. Really? Um, 
Yeah. It should be in like a punk rock fucking library somewhere, dude. Like a museum. Well. I'm going to start a pop punk museum and it's going to be like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's just going to be a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> it's going to be in your basement. Yeah, it's going to be in my basement. <laughs> I'll charge people two bucks to come in. Hey, and, so uh, we got to talk more about Kiss? You noticed that there was only one of you who even mentioned a Gene song. Yeah. And that was I'm you. A, I'm a Paul guy, so. I'm a Me Paul too. guy, too. I can't help it. It's like his songs are so good. Gene's, Gene's got some cool moments, but he does the dirty old man thing too often. Yeah. Too <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. She's <laughs> your favorite. Gene, I'm 93. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Christine. My favorite Gene song is Christine 16. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, dude, look, look. You got that song, and then you got freaking uh, Francine from ZZ Top. It's like, what is wrong with these guys? <laughs> Man, Francine turned 13. Okay, you why why you could have said it would have still been the same song if you could have if you would have at least for the time said sixteen. But I guess they were trying to really play yeah. down the whole young girl thing. But eh, do you think done. that's what it is, or do you think that you know how like old rock and roll is? It's marketed. I mean, it's all about teenage culture, and I think that's where like something like Christine sixteen is just trying to be like, you know, like no. a song like Sweet no, Little Sixteen. I knew, I knew when I saw you outside of the school that day. I knew right then I had to have you. I got to have you. It's like, <laughs> you see, you see her in front of school. Yeah, but and, I mean, your first point, record is called Sweet 16, like Cliffy. Yeah, yes, but we got Sweet, it's it's true, but the Sweet 16 record, the whole, all that we did was, all we did was steal the front cover from, a, from yeah. an old polka band called The Naturals. Yeah. That's all we did. Um. So and fun and games is the same thing. We took the fun and games record from the hokey pokey, do right. the pokey hokey pokey, and yeah. the bunny hop, Disney album. We stole that. Get uh, high school rock was our first uh, original idea for a front cover. Yeah. <laughs> Get lost is kind of like too tough to die. Ex- uh, that was obviously like that. Right. Yes. Which I think that was cool. Yeah, I super love cool. That we did that. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that plastic surgery had a cool album cover too. I like how yeah, you're looking, right. like looking in the mirror. It's just cool. And in the mirror, we got our regular clothes on. No, no. Yeah, in, in the, the real mirror, life, we got you got to, you're on. leathered up. We got the leather. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's so. super cool. But yeah, man, yeah, I man. think this one's going a little long. We're gonna probably wrap it up. But uh, man, okay. Cliffy, thanks so much for joining us, dude. This has been a blast. It has thanks, been Clint. fun. Uh, I, this is the most I've gotten to talk about myself in a long time. I feel so. <laughs> uh, what's the word? It's I cathartic, feel so... huh? No, no, it's bad to talk about. What what is that when you're just vain, like so, super vain? I feel vain. so narcissistic right now. <laughs> so, hey man, I think people want to hear from you, man. I'll talk anytime we want to talk about Kiss, man. That's one of my favorite subjects. So. <laughs> right on. And Iggy Pop. All right, guys, thank you very, very much. Call anytime, or email, or contact, right or do this again, or whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. And uh, it has been a pleasure. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank hey, you, guys. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. 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 All right. So, yeah, man, that was Cliffy Huntington. What a conversation, man. That was really fun, huh, Nate? Yeah, it was. Uh, he's uh, He had a lot to say, didn't he? Yeah. It was cool, man. <laughs> I like when the guest just lets it all out, you know? It's cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was great. Because I had, yeah. like, a whole list of questions in my head, but we didn't even have to go there, you know? <laughs> it's pretty fun. You know, yeah, I've, I've, I've loved couple, that band but... since probably 96 or something or somewhere around in there. So it was cool for me. I love the Huntington's band, you know, they're great. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't ever really into the early, early stuff like the Sweet 16 record or that fun games, you know, fun yeah. games. 
it was the stuff after that that I liked, especially the uh, songs in the QU. That's my favorite. And then yeah. Get Lost. And, yeah. Right so, but yeah, it was a good time, man. But yeah, man, thanks so much if you listened in this far into it, Cliffy. Thanks so much, man. That was really cool. But yeah, next, we're going to wrap this one up. I don't know what we got going next week, but it's going to be cool. I think we're doing the Ergs thing, right? Uh, we're going to we're gonna shoot for that. Yeah. And since the Ergs are a Jersey thing, uh, maybe we'll insert that... Uh, I did an interview with Erie Vaughn like last weekend, I guess it was, or was that two weeks ago? I don't know, but we had recorded an episode last week and it, it got lost in the fucking ether. So <laughs> it, it contained, it would have contained that Erie Vaughn episode while it was still real new, but it's still only a couple of weeks old. And it was a cool conversation I had with Erie Vaughn from Sam Hain. I think a lot of people listening will probably dig on that. So maybe we'll put that on next week. So it's, two jersey bands right yeah so that might work could might be a good connect but we want to thank you so much for listening if you share the if you if you listen man and you see her little post on facebook if you could share them i think that really helps us and also if you want to go to like itunes or Podchaser and leave your boys a review um apparently in the podcast world that really like ups your like standings within itunes and all these servers so more people find out about you. So if you guys want to do that, that'd be cool. Um, that's enough begging for one week for me. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Any closing it. thoughts, Nate? I got nothing. Nope. All right. Well, we had a good time. Hope you did too. You've been in the dummy room. I'm Jody. I'm Nate. See you next See you week. Goodbye.